you know, I think it's an incredible thing they're doing, both for Nat's family and for the country more generally. Um, you know, for both South Africa and the family, this brings closure um, to a story that has really been haunting all of us for decades. And of course, uh, you know, uh, the story of Nat Nakasa, uh, we know that uh, he met his death falling or whether he jumped or whether, um, uh, well, the consensus seems at this point that he actually did commit suicide jumping from the seventh floor of a New York apartment. But he was only 20 years, uh, 28 years old when he took his life. Um, what do you think were the circumstances that led to his decision to actually kill himself? Um, you know, look, I think certainly it's been said that apartheid killed Nat Nakasa, and that's a simple way of looking at it, but it's not completely inaccurate. So he left South Africa in 1964 on uh, what was called an exit permit from the apartheid government, which meant that they refused him a passport, and they told him that if he left the country, he could never come back. Um, so he left in a very heavy way, you could say, and then he arrived in the United States, um, a country that had its own uh, tremendous racial problems and also its own suspicion of uh, anti-apartheid activists. And so the United States told Nat Nakasa he could stay for a year while he completed this fellowship he was on at Harvard, but after that he couldn't stay any longer. And so I think that immigration situation, the, the loneliness, the re- relentless um, loneliness of being far from home, all of that contributed a great deal uh, you know, to his decision to take his life. And then also in his family there was a history of depression. And I think you, know, you always have to account for there are huge historical circumstances that envelop us and restrain what we do and, and um, motivate our choices. But it was also very much um, you know, a, a choice that lay inside his own head as well. Mm. And uh, uh, Ryan, what was the most important thing that you learned about Nat Nakasa during your research? You know, throughout um, the process of researching that, uh, reading his work, speaking to um, the sort of tremendous and very high-caliber group of colleagues and friends he had at at Drum Magazine and the Rand Daily Mail and the classic magazine in in Johannesburg, um, I was just struck by this incredible um, tradition of protest journalism that exists in South Africa, Um, this sort of courageous way of telling stories um, that is irreverent to authority, um, that's brave and clever um, and and relentless. And, um, you know, I just think that that's a very important legacy for South African journalism that can and should carry through to the present, even in the post-apartheid period.